0: Welcome to Conversations in the Arts and Humanities. My name's Theo Finnegan and I'm talking to Eliza Gardner from VIU's Theatre Programme. On Friday, November 25th from 10 till 11.30am, Eliza, with help from four theatre students, will share tunes from her original musical narrative, Concessions of a Wannabe Rockstar, as well as discussing the poetic structure, use of metaphor, and inspiration behind the ballads that make up the production. Her scholarly focus on 5th century Attic tragedy has evolved into research of arts-based teaching practices, participatory theatre methodologies, and socio-political theatre of the oppressed techniques. Hi Eliza, how are you?
1: I'm doing so well. Thanks so much for having me, Theo.
0: Thank you very much for joining me. It's always a great pleasure to talk to you. So you're presenting in the Arts and Humanities Colloquium uh, something called Concessions of a Wannabe Rockstar. Uh, and it's a work of musical theatre and performance as well as discussion. I think when I first saw the title, I was I misread it. So it's concessions. Tell me about that word, concession.
1: So, yeah, it's funny because I do have to clarify that on occasion when we're talking yeah. about the title of my original, initially one woman narrative musical play. Uh, It's a bit of a pop opera in this iteration coming up for the Arts and Humanities Colloquium. And it's about a girl named Sally who, you know, suffers a, a great trauma and has a moment of enlightenment where she realizes that the one direction in life she's destined to go is into entertainment, and so she embarks on a journey across Canada to become a rock star. And along the way, this is relating to the title, she concedes defeat multiple times because the people she meets and the experiences she has don't actually help her. So she constantly has to concede, 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 and shift her plans. But of course, the the end of the story is that she keeps trying. She just keeps going despite those concessions.
2: It's been a long, cold winter. I got a fever in my bones. we
0: often so you see the end product of of the creative process and it I guess doesn't always succeed but it's I don't know the trope is that it succeeds but failure is such a crucial part of creativity right like it's it's you can't be creative whether it's music or writing or scholarship without failing on some level at some point along the way
1: yes and that's that's the the moral of the story i think for all of us who are engaged in any kind of creative or scholarly work we take our dings along the way and you know it gets to the best of us and we have to continue to you know engage with people and entities and nature and any number of things that help to motivate us so that we can keep going and maybe the vision changes over time and that's okay you know i think it's important to stay inspired
0: can you talk a bit about inspiration then in terms of so so part of what you'll do in the in the colloquium is perform songs uh, yeah. <laughs> that, that you that you've written what what's your songwriting process i mean if that's a big question but if you can sort of generalize you know d- does it does it happen in a certain way every time or does it change does it is it do you hear something first do the words come first how does it work
1: well some of the songs in this particular piece uh, harken back to many years ago it's really a mix of songs that has evolved in my life as a creative person. And so each one of them has its own kind of special, real life inspiration, but they're also motivated by other great songs and just moments and people I've met along the road. But typically I hear the The poetry first the words the notion that idea comes into my mind and then i plunk away on my guitar and amazingly i think it's quite a almost like a cosmic experience because the Mm. melody comes in and then you just keep playing and playing and playing and fitting the words and the tune together it's such a it's almost like a meditative experience. I think songwriting and playing music, it's a feel good type situation. And so some of the songs in in Concessions of a Wannabe rock star, like I have to look back at the original dates because I always put the dates on the sheets of lyrics if I'm sharing them with anyone. But I've dated them so many times, I have to look back and think, when did I actually write that? And some of them were when I was a teenager.
0: Do you remember your, the first song you ever wrote?
1: Yeah, I had a couple of quite mournful songs, <laughs> uh, real, real heartbreakers, laments, teenage angsty type stuff. Mm. Um, but you know, I always met people also who wanted to sing with me, and that's that's also part of the magic that I'm I'm going to share next Friday mm. because I have four singers and musicians who are joining me on the stage and it's just so fun it's so beautiful to hear what harmonies and instrumentation my friends put to these songs and we just have it's an absolute lark rehearsing
2: For three days, I fought my way along roads packed with refugees, the homeless, burdened with boxes and bundles containing their valuables. All that was of value to me was in London. But by the time I reached their little red brick house, Carrie and her father were gone.
0: I remember one early piece of music that I was introduced to as a kid. I was probably about four. Was it made me think of it when you were describing the structure of your piece of concessions of a wannabe Rockstar which is which is a na- sort of a narrative. I don't know if cycle is quite the right word, but but it's interconnected songs that tell a story, right? And it made me think, flashback to about 1982, when my mother brought home from the library uh, the vinyl of War of the Worlds. Um, okay. By Jeff Lynn Jeff Jeff Lynn or Jeff Wynn one of the two so it's a rock opera from the 70s of HG Wells's novel about Martians invading um, yeah. <laughs> invading the earth and I remember and it's fantastic if you, if you haven't listened to it it's it's uh, it's kind of a crazy concept in a way uh, take a 19th or early 20th century novel put it to kind of synth/ slash guitar music. With Richard Burton narrating. Uh, and I remember it, it, it terrified me, but also intrigued me. Like a leaf on the breeze, you away. So I was wondering about influences on your songs in this piece. What, what what looms large in terms of specific songs or artists that are kind of maybe behind or in this piece somehow
1: yeah like you I I have some key albums that that seem to play on repeat through my childhood and so we listen to a lot of Paul McCartney and Wings um, I really like the kind the family vibe and the beautiful harmonies and layering in Paul McCartney's songs. And we listen to a lot of ELO actually yeah. electric light orchestra mm-hmm. again, beautiful instrumentation and quite operatic mm. in the, in the kind of harmonies that that band would do. I also love the Allman brothers band and just, those again the the ballads that tell a story about a character and yet the instrumentation takes the audience on this incredible ethereal journey uh grateful dead same kind of thing so i like that a little bit of southern rock mixed in um there's a couple of famous songs in particular that i took the title of the main character from oh cool yeah like it's about a girl named sally so (laughs) at that phase in my life i kept hearing songs about sally and i thought who is this sally person and why is everyone writing songs about sally like you know mustang sally and eric clapton's lay down sally it's such a great song So the character herself is kind of drawn from tunes like that, and it it seemed to make sense at the time. If everyone's writing a song about Sally, I'm going to as well.
0: (laughs) One thing that I'm interested in too is how our tastes and interests change uh, over time. So you're talking about that kind of Southern rock and the kind of 60s, 70s vibe. And I, I remember I... So I came of age as a teenager in the 90s. So for me, you know, it, it was grunge. Was, yeah. was 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 the sort of first... I mean, I listened to music a lot as, as a little kid, but the first sort of music I was buying was, I think, the first... CD I bought was a Pearl Jam album in about 1993, oh. and and I was very into that style for a good seven or eight years, and it was what I played. I play guitar as well, and so I played that in a band and so on, and You're and. Awesome. So I was quite sort of <laughs> focused on that. But, but then I found as I got older, I still listened to those bands, but I, I changed in terms of a lot of stuff that I listened to and, and stuff that I might've earlier thought was, um, you know, as you can, you, when you, when you're young, you can be a bit sort of restricted in your, your viewpoint, you know, like not very interesting music or whatever. Um, So Jackson Brown, for instance, was someone who I, you know, knew of, but there was like, Oh, that's kind of, kind of, not great music, but I, I love him now. I sort of came back around to him. Right. Um, I came back around to jazz, which I didn't like when I was younger. and I listened to a lot of that. Now, is there something like that for you where you evolved towards something or changed your taste profoundly?
1: Well, I think my, my choice of background music now, if I'm puttering around the house or, You know getting together with friends honestly i love edm Mm -hmm. that's my my rhythm of choice Mm -hmm. it yeah it has that backbeat and the real flair of the of the mix Mm. so i like that it gets me it gets my heart going and it's a good way to connect but i also really like migos
2: Hey, Castro, go crazy. Yeah, so we gone. Stop, we good. Stop, chill, we on. Chill, scale, let's go. Let's go. Dimigo, let's go. Take, let's go. Set,
1: let's roll. Some of the lyrics are a little sexual and a little violent for me, but I understand where those stories are coming from, and I think it's really important for artists to express their own experience as a conglomerate of uh, inspiration Mm. and their lyrics are incredible you know the 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 rhythm and the way the words are pieced together Mm. i see music as poetry first
0: yeah
1: so and i like the way you know the the Migos and 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 you know my favorite local band is Snotty Nose Res Kids. They're incredible, and the backbeat and the way they they interchange the vocals—it's really a feat of genius.
0: A uh, really cool band that I just discovered, like a little bit like that. You're talking about Migos there. Uh, is called Kneecap, and they're from Belfast, and they're young, two two rappers and an MC, young guys. Who are Catholic? You know they rap about get, getting high and drunk and all that kind of stuff too, but they rap very politically as well about the the, the situation in, in Northern Ireland and the, the history of the Troubles and all that kind of stuff. But the key thing for them is that they rap in Gaelic. Oh um, yeah, and which I don't understand i I mean my last name's finnegan so i I have an irish background but i I can't speak gaelic but it was it was really interesting so i came across them just randomly through reading an article in in, in the guardian newspaper and and had to listen to one of their songs which is called c-e-a-r-t-a and i don't understand a word of it there's the odd swear word in english which which you obviously understand, but everything else is in Gaelic. and it was. But it was fascinating to me that, that in listening to that, you can sort of feel the rhythm of the words takes on a life of its own mm-hmm. um, beyond the meaning of the words or, or or in concert with the meaning of the words so that I can kind of get what they're saying in a funny way, even though I don't understand what they're saying. Um, <laughs> yes. So there's great kind of translatability on some level of culturally different or linguistically different music. It's just, yeah, I don't know. It, it That's been a really great discovery in, in the last little while.
1: Yeah, and that's a good example of how the music itself communicates a message. It's not necessarily in the ear of the listener, a word-for-word word exact understanding. It's about the whole piece and how it's put together that can resonate with an audience even if you don't have any words at all you know like in the case of uh classical music and any music that features only instrumentation it's it's quite a remarkable feeling that can be invoked in an audience
0: I've always quite liked music that where there's a really interesting tension between how the music sounds and what the words are about (laughs) um so there's radiohead used to do this quite a lot in their earlier stuff where there'd be quite a sweet sounding song lovely little melody there's a song called no surprises by radiohead which is beautiful just beautiful and then the lyrics are sort of awful well not awful but depressing and sad and 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 a job that
2: slowly Kills you, bruises that won't heal.
0: Quite a lot of pop music does that where it seems quite jaunty, but is actually really serious or sad or whatever.
1: Yeah, and that's a great juxtaposition because mm-hmm. mm-hmm. you're actually getting the audience to tap their toe mm-hmm. and really you're talking about you know some social change that needs ah. to take place and and music has always been a form of activism yeah you know it's not just about entertaining it really and truly is a way to communicate
2: well she never counted cheap, but she cut some corners sally never had- This story, so I'll tell you what she told me on the night when she was born. She flew the blue sky above us. Some call it dangerous. Sally says it's wondrous to see what I have seen.
0: Oh, well, I How do you listen to your music in terms of sort of the medium? In other words, are you someone who. do you like physical media still?
1: Um, For my own entertainment purposes, uh, I listen to, I love seeing live works, um, you know, being performed and, and that's why for this colloquium, I'm not taking simply an academic presentation format and rolling with that. My background is in theatre. This is essentially a musical theatre production in progress. And so I get that buzz out of seeing someone up on stage. But, of course, I can't I can't go out every night. So if I'm just kicking back at home, then, yeah, it's all about, uh, you know, putting that Bluetooth in play. <laughs>
0: yeah. I have a very small vinyl collection, too. So we, we have... Uh, record player at home and we do listen to to re- actual records, which I find a lot of pleasure in. Um, but I've really loved this, you know, streaming services as well in that the thing that I find really, really helpful with them is discovering new things. So particularly, in, you know, I was saying earlier I, some of my tastes have changed quite a lot. And then so in exploring an entirely new for me genre, um, you know, if it was 20, 20 years ago would be really expensive prohibitively so right like you i used to remember when i was a kid bu- buying cds it was 30 bucks a cd now it's sort of you know I, you know i'll listen i'll listen to something and then it'll also suggest something else maybe algorithmically that might follow on from that and so it's been a great voyage of discovery using that new technology um to to well, newish technology to sort of find new artists and and expand my my Horizons, I suppose. Where are you taking this concessions of a wannabe rock star? So it's a work in progress, as you said. What's the goal, the the end game? What what next for this particular um piece?
1: So in my vision, it it is a it's formatted as a uh musical theater script. And so there's actually poetic narrative and dialogue and monologue. And so in the end, it wouldn't just be a one woman show because the format is such that when Sally, after she gets over the latest concession on her journey, yay, she actually does meet uh, someone, not necessarily a human, like for example, she gets inspired by the wheat blowing in the field, that kind of thing. So it's more symbolic rather than necessarily human beings. And and those characters join her on the stage. So in its final version, my vision is that there would be performers acting out certain scenes and that would be fused with the songs that helped to propel the plot. And you know me, I love a good mixed media kind of set design and I want to make it theatrical. So I have all kinds of footage already for great music videos that would play in the background, you know, footage of of the childhood years mixed with the actual bus journey from Sault Ste. Marie to Wawa with the trees flashing by the sides of the windows, real classic Canadiana backdrop is what I picture in the end. And those will be my next steps, is putting together more of that technical artistic vision and moving forward in that way, rather than only, you know, right now I'm really thinking about the songs themselves and the harmonies and how the musicians interact but in the end they are more like performers too where they would say lines and they're part of the dialogue you and i we've been working a long time on on raising the profile of the arts and humanities colloquium so that it really does include creative works as well as scholarly presentations and we have so much talent here in our faculty So, honestly, it's a real honour to be included in the series, and I'm just so stoked.
0: Thank you very much, Eliza, also for joining me today. I really appreciate it. You've been listening to Conversations in the Arts and Humanities. Technical production by Robin Davies. Music by Greg Bush. The Colloquium Series will be back in spring 2023 with more illuminating presentations by VAU Arts and Humanities Faculty. For more information, go to ah.viu.ca and click on Colloquium Series. My name's Theo Finnegan. Thanks for listening.